everybody. Welcome back to Moms After Bedtime. I'm Mandy, and I'm here with Megan and Brooke. Hey. And welcome to episode 57. Mm -hmm. I'm back. I'm in the hosting chair. I mean, I was back last week, but now I'm hosting again. It feels like I actually have a job again that is unpaid. (laughs) That's right. Um, This week, I feel like it's very fitting as to where I am in motherhood right now, but we're talking all about postpartum, and there are just a million and one things that we could talk about, but I think we're just going to try to focus on some things this episode. Probably talk for, we could talk for like three days straight, but we'll try to cut it down. (laughs) Um, But before we jump to that, we'll start with our wine and cheese. All right. uh, Brooke, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I feel like all of our cheeses are going to be camping, so I kind of picked a cheese outside of that. Um, I hope one of you are going to do that for your cheese. I figured everyone was going to do it as well, yes, but I, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think all of our cheese as a collective is that we went on our girls, annual girls camping trip. This was year 10. Um, so yeah, 10 years of our girls trip. Um, the past two years have been glamping. Crazy. We have a good time. Always fun. Um, but we all decided to switch up our cheeses because we all thought we were going to use camping as a cheese. The other one was going to do it. (laughs) Um, My personal cheese is that I did start my new job this week. Um, I'm only training right now, but like the people there are so passionate about the work that we do. Um, You can just like feel it like radiating out of their pores, like how much they love the company. And so it's just really refreshing and um, exciting slash scary and nerve-wracking. So, yeah, that's exciting. Um, And then my cheese on the other side of – or not my cheese, my wine on the other side of that is – oh, my God, what was my wine? (laughs) Oh, my wine is that I'm pretty much like – Pretty much this whole summer, I was only working, like, kind of part-time. So now I'm getting back into full-time and feeling like I never see Shay, even though it's only been a couple of days of me back to that. But, like, we had camping, so I didn't really see her a lot over the weekend. And then Monday, I dropped her off at daycare. Uh, By the time I got home from work, I had to just jump right into my class. And by the time class was over, she was, like, in bed. So... I'm already like missing her. Um, so it's like another transition of going back to work full time, which kind of sucks. I forgot the feeling of like, wow, I, f- you know, feel like I don't even know my own kid because I didn't see her all day. Well, that's a bummer. I know. I didn't even think about the fact that we were camping and then you, would just you were jumping starting. into that new yeah. job. There's kind of like a big bang to the end of the summer and kind of, I guess. So, yeah. And of course, Sunday, I was just like exhausted from camping. So I didn't really like, I mean, I hung out with her, but I wasn't like 100% on. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel that. Megan? Yeah. So uh, let's see, which one do I want to start with? So I got my sprinkle cheese is definitely that we went camping um, and that we, if you're following along, the Garby house was COVID free, so I could go camping. Uh, it was kind of like down to the last minute, but um, I was able to go. But with uh, that kind of comes a wine. Um, so I had this whole 
elaborate thing in my head planned about how I could go camping because that's the longest I've ever been away from Eliza. And I was trying not to like let it show, but it really was like hard for me. And so I had come up with this whole plan where, you know, because we live so far away, all of our friends... Like, honestly, if we lived in Southern Maine, we'd be close to both of our sets of friends and our family. Well, my family. But we don't. Um, And so when we go down, it's always like, what can I cram into this time that I have? And so I was like, okay, so that I can see Eliza and you can see your friends. Ryan, you drop Eliza off to me and then we'll go visit my mom and dad at night so I'm not going to stay the night but I planned to stay the whole day Saturday but so she got dropped off and it was just so hot and uh like we all tried to go down to the lake and I tried to she didn't have her bathing suit of course and I tried to like put her feet in and she just wasn't feeling it and she was so hot and she was by the time I got back to like our little cabin thing, she was like scream crying and she was just like all red and sweaty and hot. And I just felt so bad because I was like, Oh my God, she's like overheating. I don't know what to do. So I just stripped her later on the bed with the fan. Um, and then I put like a cold washcloth on her. And then I was like, we just have to go. There's no way that I can stay here with her. Um, so one of our friends helped me like pack up all of our stuff and get in the car and go. Um, but so I didn't get to like the first part of camping was so relaxing and nice and whatever. And because I wanted to cram everything that I wanted together, um, it just didn't end as nice and relaxing as I wanted it to be. Um, and I didn't even get to say like goodbye to anyone or anything like that. So that was just kind of, it was something that I was like, oh, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently. And then when I got back to my parents' house and Ryan got back um, from seeing his friends, he was like, why don't you just go back? Like, you can, like, we can stay here and you can go back. But then it was, I wanted to be with them. So it was mm-hmm. just so weird. Like, instead of mom guilt, I had, like, friend guilt. And it was just, like, <laughs> a hard thing to to balance. But, yeah, so. I get that. So my cheese was, after we got back and everything, um, was just sitting down and watching a movie together, Ryan and I, like Eliza went to bed, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's called Beckett on on Netflix. Um, And it has John David Washington, who's Denzel Washington's son. Um, If if you've never seen Black Klansman, you absolutely have to see that movie. Um, But he's in that. And it was just like a very like unbelievable, like I'm going to spoiler alert a little bit. Um, not a ton, but if you really want to watch it, I would skip ahead. But it was just one of those things where it was a movie that I could just be like, if we were in a foreign country and I died in a car accident, what would you do? (laughs) (laughs) And Ryan's like, I don't know. I'd be horrified. I don't, (laughs) but it was just like, and then you like, and then they're just ridiculous. Like he would be dead by now. Do you think he would be dead? Like, I don't know. It was just one of those movies that you could like talk through kind of and it was just it's not a fun movie no it's don't go into it thinking that it's, it's like action and like twist and like, it's that. like we've really relaxed to this yeah. thriller movie <laughs> it was definitely like actiony but and i don't want to stereotype at all but it was an actiony film that 
I, as a woman, could, like, get behind. It wasn't, like, your stereotypical, like, action film. Things blowing up. And Got it. Yeah, it was a little more, like, somersaults. dense yeah. than that. So, yeah. But anyway, it was just fun to watch a movie and, like, for entertainment value. I know, we never do that, but then when we do, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I, like, forgot how nice it is. So, <laughs> so that's my cheese. All right. Well, my big cheese definitely was camping. I feel like I needed that weekend so bad. Like, I did. I was really nervous about leaving. Of course, Ren's only six weeks old. Yeah. And Isla. Um, last year, I feel like I was like you, Megan, where I just was like, I just miss Isla so much. I just want to squeeze some more time with her. And so we had... If you remember, actually, I'm pretty sure it was my wine about a year ago that we had Phil drop her off and it was just kind of a shit show. And so yeah. this year I'm like, nope, I don't like I'm not even going to try to entertain the idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to enjoy the weekend. I did do a little bit of like a hybrid, like came home for the first night and then went back. But um, it was just really nice. Like I needed the break and the girls did really well. And I went to my mom's for a night. So all was well. Besides that, my other cheese was going to be that uh, today was my six-week appointment, and I was all cleared uh, for sex. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But <laughs> for exercising, um, so I got back on the dusty old Peloton, which, by the way, Phil was never told that he could exercise, so I don't know why it was dusty, but... <laughs> I got back on and I literally squeezed it in like seconds before we just got to record. So I feel good. I feel like yes. like there are some endorphins running and like, you know, happy people don't kill their husbands. They just don't. So <laughs> I feel good. But um, my wine is that this is number four, the fourth time that my neighbor has backed into my mailbox <laughs> and knocked it off. I meant to ask you that because I went there. I don't know when, but it was pink duct tape, right? right pink duct tape because that's all we had because we duct tape it on every time and while we wait to like get – because we have to like order the bracket because like you have to buy from a special concrete oh, at company. At this point, thing. why would you even fix it? <laughs> I know. I know. Might as well just leave well, the that's bright what, I'm just saying tape. like if it was me, it would look even worse than that because – Yeah. <laughs> I pulled up right after it happened, but it was very awkward because I didn't want to like stop and be like, what the fuck? So I just pulled in my driveway and let her like do the walk of shame with my mailbox in her hands. Like she's like, I already Venmo'd you. Sorry. And yeah, she already knows exactly how much it costs because this is the fourth time it's happened. So why? I'm trying to think of like their driveway to yours. It's always... It's, I, I always say it's my neighbors. It's never them. I think it was them the first time, but it's always like their visitors. So this time it was oh. one of their dads. And I saw it, I, I saw it after. It was like this giant black truck that's not usually there. So oh. they weren't lying, at least this time. But it's like they just don't see it. So they back right into it. It's laying there on the ground. snapped right <laughs> off. So I'm just over it. <laughs> oh, my yeah. Lord. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like you can be like, oh, we'll fix it later. It's your mailbox. It kind of needs to be out there. Right. Right. No, it was raining that day too. So Phil put it on with bright pink duct tape in the rain. So it's like not really sticking very well. So it's like oh super God. wobbly. <laughs> it's so <laughs> just like, it ain't cute. We in the ghetto gosh. now. Yeah. yeah. Not a TikTok. Oh my God. I should do that. We in the ghetto. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Well. So like I mentioned, we're going to talk all about postpartum today. Um, There's just so much. We're thinking about separating physical and mental, but really they all just intertwine, I think. So we're just going to have a discussion and kind of see where it takes us. 
anybody have like a, I need to get this out now topic? You look at, you both look like you're just chomping at the bit right now. I, it's sort of just like so many things. It's like, where do you begin? I mean, yeah. I feel like postpartum, I'm just thinking back to like the moment that I came out of the operating room and I have this baby in my arms and they're trying to put her on my boob. And then five people are talking to me and I'm still like a little like I was there, but like just silent. Like I mm-hmm. had some like drugs in me still, I guess, but just like sitting there and everybody's just like talking and laughing. And I have a human being in my arms and they're like, mom, you're being really quiet. Are you okay? And it's like, how am I? What are you wanting? Yeah. Like, are you usually this quiet? I'm like, I, I, what am I supposed to say right now? Like, mm-hmm, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to come out of that and be like, oh, goodness, I was, <laughs> what a great time having my outsides on the ins, or my insides on the outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is, I, I was in shock. And I feel like I stayed yep. in shock for a little while. <laughs> and I just feel yeah. like that's, like, I feel like postpartum is talked about quite a bit but I feel that it's just the same thing like regurgitated all the time and I feel like I've never or not often have I talked to someone where like I feel like that sense of shock like just turned into the like the baby blues like it was just like I was like way up here and then way down here I you can't see my hands but (laughs) (laughs) like really high up and not and it it was a separate feeling from how I felt about Eliza and like how happy I was it was just lots of separate things going on Mm -hmm. um I like that you use separate that makes so much it everything just felt separate to me yeah it was weird and then and then the physical piece is also its own separate thing right yeah that's just the best way I can describe it. It's just everything felt separate at that moment. And, but I feel like that was the, like postpartum starts like that second. Yeah. For me, at least is what it felt like. I feel like I totally get like, I feel like for me that separateness was like my insides and my outside like portrayal of what I was doing. Like I was just like going through the motions of doing everything but on the inside, like, being, I don't know, like, on robot mode, like, it was just moving through everything, like, very foggy and, like, well, but, yeah, but, like, separate because then there was so much anxiety. For me, at least, I had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking back to, like, separate things, I also had a lot of anxiety about, like, the physical piece of healing. I was so scared that I was going to hemorrhage or get an infection because if you don't listen to the podcast and this is your first time listening um I have a lot of anxiety around health issues um so on top of like the and childbirth for you so that was yeah childbirth was like still is kind of one of my big phobias but just adding the additional worry of like am I supposed to be bleeding this much is it nobody talks about the fucking smell it I mean maybe that's just me but it smells weird that was just you just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm if, just kidding. If I were. 
Um, (laughs) Well, and I was like, is that a sign of an infection? (laughs) Like, I was like, so worried. And then um, another like physical thing was I actually had part of the reason I was induced was colostasis. I don't know how to say it. Um, And part of the reason I was diagnosed with that was because I was super, super itchy. And after I had shade, the itchiness got worse. I started developing like a rash all over my body, which then I was like, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of pups, but Mm -hmm. that's like a really itchy rash that you get when you're pregnant. And so I was dealing with the, those additional physical symptoms of, um, what's wrong with me? Like, cause I, I felt like some, and then I, when my milk came in, I had a fever. So then I was like, am I sick? And I remember it was like two in the morning and I called like the on-call nurse because I was scared that it was an infection. And they're like, honestly, they made me feel really stupid. They were like, yeah, your milk's coming in. Okay. Well, nobody tells you that you might get a fever when your milk comes in. So yeah. like, that was another like I keep going back to like the separate thing because there was like anxiety about myself and my health and then the whole like pilot mode of or autopilot of like portraying that I'm okay and that everything's okay and like going through the motions of like having a new baby and then obviously like the postpartum like depression piece of like just being like so sad and like not adjusting well to having a baby there was just like so many different like facets of everything I can't even we could talk about this forever. <laughs> I told you three days. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think like part of what you're talking about is a point that we had wanted to bring up is that you are not only like your body just went through something traumatic, but then you also have a brand new human being who you have to you're anxious about them being safe and how to take care of them like your body is trying to heal but you also have the biggest job undertaking that you've ever had at the same time mm-hmm. and for me I wanted to act like I was doing everything right I remember telling like my mom mm-hmm. being like wow you're doing such a good actually lots of people telling me you're doing such a great job you know all of that you're such a good mom blah 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 but I remember being like fake it till you make it like I don't fucking know what I'm doing I'm just like going through the motions and and hoping it looks like I know what I'm doing but it was like not really what was going on like in my head so yeah I think I feel like that whole separation piece I think I've had way less anxiety this time around in regards to like just things that were new before, like you said, there's just so much they don't tell you mm-hmm. like what to expect. So like I knew what to expect when it came to like my body for the most part, postpartum and like bleeding and this and that. Um, and I also knew what to expect when it came to like, you know, taking care of just a baby in general. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's still like just so much to learn how to take care of a new baby, like learn this human being is what I mean. Yeah. Like their personality and what they like and what they don't like and how they like to be fed and how they're going to sleep and, and just trying to make some kind of relationship with a new person. Um, But for me this time around, the anxiety was less about that and more about just like, I just feel, I feel better now, but like felt just so much overwhelm, an overwhelming feeling of doing all those separate things at once. Mm -hmm. Like it just felt like my to-do list was, so long and I don't mean like really to-do lists like oh laundry and dishes whatever but I mean like 
okay, I need to make sure that my body is healing. So I need to be making, taking care of my body in a sense of like, I was on a bunch of, not a bunch of meds. I don't want to make it sound like prescription, but like I was super anemic leaving the hospital. So I had to take my iron pills, but of course I've taken my stool softeners with my iron pills. And I had to make sure I was keeping up to uh, like on my schedule with my ibuprofen and all that stuff, but then also making sure that I was taking care of, um, you know, like it's gross, but like changing my pads and making sure that I was like staying hygienic because the truth of the thing, I give you shit, but it's smelly. It's gross. You are, you just feel disgusting right. and you are sweaty and you are like living in this new body that just like feels mm. like a lot. So you have that compartment. Then the new baby for me, obviously you're just trying to learn this new baby, like I mentioned, but now I'm also trying to learn how to have a toddler with a new baby. So how am I supposed to make sure that she still feels loved and included mm. and is getting the attention that she needs, but also not neglecting this new baby. And then having that kind of guilt of, I want to give this new baby all the same attention I gave Isla, but also I want to make sure that Isla feels like she's getting enough attention. Yeah. And I can't do them both at once right now because it's just, impossible yep. they're not at the age where i can do these things at once and i was really not at the age of like really helping as much of the baby as i think they suggest with older kids so that was like a whole new thing to learn the whole new just norm of our life now like a new schedule and I, that was my biggest fear not i don't say biggest fear but that was a fear of mine going into this is that we were really to a point where we had such a great schedule and routine with isla um and everything just kind of came easy in that sense that i knew that a new baby was probably just gonna like change a bunch of things yeah. and make it hard so that's been a new norm for us to deal with although i will say it kind of reminds me of to our episode that we had with casey where she just kind of said like the new babies come and you just fit them in your schedule and it is what it is and you make it work and i feel like that is very true and that's definitely been very true for us but it's still completely like throws your whole schedule and your whole routine and you're just now you're trying to manage this routine that you already had but the reality is you're still having to like I mean the baby tells you what they're gonna do mm -hmm. you yeah. just kind of go with it so just all these new little compartments like you guys are talking about but for me, it just felt different of like this new role of mom of two and this new, it just felt so overwhelming to me. Like I have to manage all these things for two people all at the same time for two people and for myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just the physical piece, the mental piece for my own mental health, but also making sure that they are taken care of both physically and mentally. Cause I feel like with a baby, you're thinking I got to take care of them physically. I got to make sure that you know, they're fed and their diapers changed or whatever. But then I have this huge burden of making sure that Isla is taken care of mentally as well yeah. and making sure that she's getting the love and feeling, you know, that we didn't just, you know, replace her or anything like right. that. Um, and that's just, I feel like that's when I get like, ah, is when I just, just feel so overwhelmed. Like, how am I supposed to do all of these things at once? All the while trying to, you know, keep my house not spotless. You know, everyone's like, oh, just don't. Don't feel like you have to do everything. You can't but live I don't, in filth with I a don't new baby. Like to, and, and that's just how I, I get everyone's different. I don't, if there's dirty dishes in the sink, I cannot move on from that. Like that gives me anxiety. Like I just want things put away and I don't think about it when they're put away and they're done. Then I don't think about it and I can just move on. But if it's a pile of dirty dishes in the sink, like I just, just I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So I do have that on top of also I'm the kind of person who like, I can't just be like, oh, guess I'm going to sit at home in the middle of the summer with my new baby. Like, I can't. I got to get out. I got to do things. I got to, like, 
be like at least enjoying like the sunshine, but you can't really do that with a newborn either. So right. it's just trying to like juggle all those things to me, I think has just been the hardest as postpartum term of like just feeling overwhelmed with everything. I feel like that's like really emotionally demanding on top of a time that's more emotionally demanding than I think personally anything I've ever done. Like, mm -hmm. yes, like you're saying, like your newborn baby really only needs I mean, mostly like physical, you know, stuff from you, but it's such an emotional experience for you. Mm -hmm. And so to have, you have to take care of Isla's emotional well-being as well as whatever the hell is going on with your out of balance. I'm not just saying mm -hmm. you, but I mean like no, everybody's sure. out of balance, um, like hormones and body stuff. And yeah, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah. It really is like just a huge roller coaster. And like you mentioned that too, that like you went from like super high to super low. I feel like that's how it is. Like one yeah. day you can just feel on top of the world and the other days you just feel like you're like sinking because you just have so much. Like honestly, in the hospital and like having, I got not really like the support of the hospital, I would say, but just like, oh, I was getting checked on like every, like my mm -hmm. incision was getting checked on and this, that, the other thing. And I could call if I needed, if I had a question or whatever. I felt way more, and I don't know if this like speaks to a point that I'm trying to make about maternal care postpartum care but I felt more on top of the world when we were at the hospital that was once we came home that it felt so like heavy um mm -hmm. emotionally but at the hospital it was like a, a lot more like I cried a lot because I just feel like that's like a natural like you just mm -hmm. that's all that's happening because your body is like releasing mm -hmm. hormones and stuff but it was all like very happy crying mm -hmm. not I, I don't know. It just could have been, like, circumstance with, like, the feeding element of it that I was just, like, really low when we came home because it was just so difficult. Um, but, yeah, I felt like being in a hospital, I was emotional for absolute sure, but it was happier, like, more joyful, yeah. emotional. And then it, I, we just came home and it was just, like... <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't feel like... And this is probably because I had postpartum depression, but like I didn't get those like highs until like I probably didn't feel like that like happiness like on top of the world feeling until like Shay was like maybe started like actually like reacting to us. Mm -hmm. So there was like some payout there or something. Right. But yeah. It was just also like numb feeling. I was either like numb or like feeling like super like heavy like you guys are saying um I did feel like maybe this is what you're trying to say too tell me if I'm wrong but like kind of like I, I was I didn't really feel detached from Isla but just detached from the situation like I kind of felt like I was floating outside of my body yeah sometimes like it felt surreal like wait, yeah. this is my new life now yeah but not like in a good way you know like shit this is my <laughs> new life now <laughs> like I don't feel like I had like those moments of I mean like I still obviously loved Shay I still took care of her but it was more about I'm taking care of this human I mean it doesn't help either that she was pretty much always asleep for the first like month and a half of her life so like it was um <laughs> pretty much just like a sleeping 
bag of potatoes for <laughs> for a while. But like, I think I I want to share with people that you hear from most moms saying that like in the hospital or whatever that things were you're just so like happy to have like your baby I was just happy to like still be alive and like functioning um and I think this is kind of getting to another topic though but like social media like portrayals of people doing so well in postpartum can be hard to to see and like I'm guilty of it too like I always obviously posted pictures of Shay like at least once a week when she was little. But um, but I think you weren't, like, perpetuating a negative, like, oh, look at me. I'm two weeks postpartum. I got my belly back or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen, like, negative things like that. I think that posting a picture of your baby is not, like, perpetuating that. Right. But I'm just saying, like, I think, like, being down and, like, being really down and then seeing – thinking that it's, like, not normal or thinking that, like, other moms don't experience being so down can be lonely Mm -hmm. and, like, isolating and, I don't know, it's just such a weird time in your life. No, I think that that's an important point that's not abnormal to feel those things. And And well, well, to an extent, I mean, it's, like, abnormal in the sense that, like, you probably should talk to a doctor get some help yeah but um just not to feel so weird about it I guess or just talk to somebody about it because that's I mean honestly I didn't really talk to anyone about it except for Shane could obviously tell that something was going on and then Mm -hmm. I got on meds too and that helped but yeah and it does take time like it took a long time for like that's another thing for like people to connect with their babies sometimes it doesn't happen like right away um, some people connect with their babies when they're pregnant, some right after they're born, some months later, but it will happen. Yeah, I think I've discovered them later, like more recently, but there are a lot of really great um, Instagram accounts that I've found that do share like those realities mm. way more. Uh, the first one that pops in my head is Happy as a Mother. Um, she has a podcast. Yeah. I mentioned her before. She did the mother wound podcast episode I mentioned yep. before, but she, actually I think we share some of her stuff quite a bit. Yeah. I think, think like those kind of accounts are so have been so helpful for me to follow that when I am having those bad days or when I am having those thoughts that I'm not proud of when it comes to like being a mom, like if you're not, you know, loving every second of it, doesn't all, it's not all just postpartum, just anything related yeah. to pregnancy and motherhood. It's nice to see those kinds of things and be like, okay, this is normal because you're right. People aren't going to share that on most, for the most part, people are not going to share that on on social media. And I don't think people are bad because I'm guilty 3,000%, 3,000% of posting the good stuff and the happy right, stuff. And right. We all do look, that. Look how great and happy I am because, uh, you know, I really was on top of the world in postpartum. And I wanted to, like, kind of scream that from the rooftops, uh, you know, at first, those first couple of weeks. But you're only going to see, like, people's good. Then guess right. what? The, you know, a couple of weeks later, hit and I – uh, cried a lot for a lot of days and I did not post any pictures of me crying. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's just not what people are going to share. Right. But I do think that fi- following those kinds of accounts are really helpful in making you realize like it's not, it's not abnormal. And that people who do share are really 
brave. Anytime yeah. we do anything mm-hmm. on the Instagram podcast or the podcast Instagram that I do share something a little vulnerable, I get like, uh, what is it called? Like a vulner- vulnerability hangover. Have you ever yeah. heard of that? Mm-hmm. You just kind of feel like, like I'll post it and then I'll immediately I'm like, I'll regret it. I'll be so scared. What are people yeah. going to say? Are people going to think they're going to think I'm a bad mom because I did this and the other. So I think it's just so hard for people to like share anything like that. Right. It's hard to be like, uh, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of, there was a time during like that early postpartum where my parents had gotten Eliza this like stuffed animal that looked like a stuffed animal that I like cherished when I was little and I put it in a bad spot Meadow wasn't getting attention Meadow ate the nose off of it (laughs) I had a mental breakdown I screamed cried I it was just like an out-of-body experience but it was just like I had all of these different like emotions and hormones just like I could like feel them like surging through my body but I'm not gonna then go post about that on social media because I already felt like shit that's the hardest time to be vulnerable so I feel like um I feel like you're right that maybe a lot of stuff like that doesn't exist, especially in the moment postpartum stuff, because how the hell can you be that courageous and put that like on top of like what you're That's true. Like, already feeling, feeling low. I guess. One of my favorite people, which I actually really didn't like her before. Her name's Laura Clary. You guys know her. Oh, yeah. She's yes. the one who, yes. honestly, I think she became famous because she was the one who Steven. did like Steven. Yeah. Um, but. She just had her second – well, a few months ago had her second child, and she posted a video of her in a car just, like, crying about how hard everything was and how low she was and clearly dealing with some, like, postpartum depression stuff. Um, And it was just, like, so refreshing to see that. And like you said, Mandy, like, brave. It felt like – you're so fucking brave for sharing this. And of course, people had positive things to say and a ton of people had negative things to say, but I just, it feels like good to see, not good because you feel bad for the person in the moment, um, but it just, it's nice to see more women like talking about it and putting those vulnerable moments out there um, to normalize it a little bit more. I think like just postpartum as a whole is, the weirdest time period of anybody's life, I think, personally. I And so I think that I don't, I think like what matters is talking about it. And so that's why I really wanted to do this episode is just talking about how hard it is. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Not necessarily like giving any like tips or tricks or whatever, but just normalize. Yeah. So people... Like you said, Brooke, like, so people can hear this and think, like, I felt like that, too. And all I was seeing were the happy posts right. or talking to friends who are like, aren't you just – don't you just feel like you're in heaven? Yeah. And you're like, no. No, not actually. really. Not once. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Did not feel like heaven. <laughs> and then if you don't, sometimes the reactions – like, I was just mentioning this at Brooke the other day. I went to the pediatrician for Ren's appointment, and they give you the little scale to fill yeah. out. Um, and I filled it out honestly, and I really didn't think – that my answers were that like far, like I didn't think it was going to come back. Like you have postpartum yeah. depression, but just, they looked at my answers and looked at me and they're like, 
okay, mom, are you okay? Make sure you don't let that laundry pile, like it's okay, let's laundry pile up. They're going to be like, just the way it was like talked to me, granted this is a pediatrician, not my actual yeah. doctor, but like sometimes I feel like you don't want to admit that things are hard because right. you don't want people to be like, just you sleep when the baby sleeps and yeah, that's yeah. just helpful. let that laundry pile up. It'll be okay. And make sure you like, I don't know. I just feel that's like a lot of the, and that's what we're not trying to do here. We're not trying to like give anybody advice. We're just trying to be yeah. like, it's normal to feel shitty. Right. And like, and it, yeah. Did you also feel that way too? <laughs> you know, like, but also yeah. if you're feeling that way every day, <laughs> it's so hard. Cause like it's normal, but it's also abnormal. And you should probably talk to your doctor go to therapy, get on medication, do what you need to do to better yourself because it's also not normal to be, like, crying every day for, like, weeks. And I mean, you have, like, the baby blues, but if you're, like, continuing to, like, cry every single day for weeks upon weeks, that's okay. It's okay to have that happen. Um, but it's also important to seek help because things could continue to spiral, and that's when – things can become dangerous or, um, you know, thoughts of like self-harm or harming others can occur. So. And I think like off of that is just, I guess the point that I want to drive home is like how important it is to, and I know it's hard to do this, but how important it is to remember yourself in the Mm -hmm. postpartum period, whether that be physically healing, like doing what you need to do for you in that sense or, or emotionally or mentally because that's ultimately like you matter so Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of postpartum is all about you know went from you because you're the pregnant one to then all about the baby and you can't let yourself get like lost in that shuffle I don't know if I'm like articulating that in the right way but I feel like and I am not a doctor or scientist, but this has got to be one of the, I would think like the most insane, like time of transition when it comes to like hormones and things going on in your body has got to be like postpartum. Yeah, It's got to be the most like crazy raging hormones that you're probably going to experience in your life. And, but then you are expected to just put all of your attention outward and elsewhere yeah. and into your external environment instead of into yourself. And like, that is just... I feel like going to lead to disaster, but that's what we're expected to do is just to take all of your energy and care about the baby. And, you know, you're getting all these visitors and you're getting all this unsolicited advice and you're having a house to take care of and other kids and relationships to manage and all that stuff. And all the while you're, you yourself are, could be drowning if you don't pay attention to what you need. Right. It's interesting because while you were saying that, like this, transition into motherhood which is called matri- oh god I'm gonna say this wrong matri- matrescence I think I remember learning this in therapy um but it's such a huge transformation and mm. look at the lack of support I think for women in that time like you get again we're talking about all this like stuff like your emotions and your mental health and your physical health and all of that and you're literally, like, thrown to the wolves. I mean, like, family's there. Friends are there to, like, help support you or whatever. But, like, you get one six-week checkup. And at that checkup, they screen you for postpartum depression and do your physical stuff. And so it's just, like, how is that, like, okay? Like, that's such a huge change, everything going on. And there's 
like all the support that you had. I mean, you were going to the doctor weekly for Mm -hmm. what is it? The month before you have your baby and before, you know, and then all of a sudden that's all like ripped out from you. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's setting up a lot of moms to like fail or not really not fail, but like feel like you're failing um, and setting a lot of moms up to have postpartum depression or anxiety or psychosis or any of those postpartum mood disorders. I agree. I think it it bothers me that all that's given is a super quick little questionnaire that anybody could flub and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just feel like there should be more of a discussion around it at each appointment. I feel like you should definitely have more than just one six week appointment. I went in at, um, I think it was four weeks because honestly, it might have been a little sooner than that. I was still like so swollen. I thought there was something wrong. That Yes. Yeah. That's another thing they don't tell you is that the swelling gets worse after, yeah. or at least for me it did. And so mm-hmm. I, I went in just because I couldn't even put shoes on. Like it was so, mm-hmm. it was just bad. But I, I felt better having, because my doctor actually was like talking to me like how, about how I was doing asking even asked about like breastfeeding and talked to me about that and gave me some encouragement I think I talked about this on here encouragement not like do just keep working on it but just like encouragement is like it's your choice kind of thing and I was just like if I hadn't have called and said I think I'm dying (laughs) I didn't actually say that but I wouldn't have seen my doctor twice afterwards and I felt like that second or that first one was like crucial. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like it was, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And not only just moms, but I think dads too. Like, I feel like there should be like a mandatory, I don't know. You can't force people to like go to therapy or anything like that or go to like, well, but you force people to take their kids. You know, you see the pediatrician so often in the beginning, which is probably why pediatricians like do some of those screenings. But Um, yeah, like I think not only do moms need support in that transition, but like dads are also trying to support the moms and themselves during the transition Mm -hmm. into fatherhood. And I think that's not talked about a lot either. Yeah, no, I think there's a definitely a postpartum period for men as well, but it's just really not talked about at all. Yeah, I mean, they're transitioning into like a huge change. I've actually read that men can develop postpartum I mean, obviously mm-hmm. not the same way we do, but develop postpartum mood disorders and actually yep. partners who their wife had HG during pregnancy are some crazy like eight times more likely to um, to develop those mood disorders after the baby is born. Um, yeah, I remember so. going to therapy and my therapist giving me like a packet to be like, hey, just so you know, men can also experience, I don't think it's called postpartum depression, but it's something, something else. Basically, like, basically be kind of like an adjustment disorder, right? Yeah. Probably. I can't remember the name. But yeah, I mean, I it that's something to just, which then like, great, another pressure on moms to also make sure that their husbands are okay. Um, but, you know, we're all teams. So. Well, I, I think it also, like, speaks to how large of a transition that is for both mom and partner, like you as a couple, your relationship. I know I wasn't, um, I was gone when you guys did, like, how motherhood affects your 
relationship or whatnot. Um, but that was one thing that I think in postpartum, you have to kind of like figure it out and figure it out fast because you can have this idea in your head, one, of how postpartum is going to go and two, how you and your partner are going to do postpartum together. And I mean, it's not always going to work that way because you're both sleep deprived. You're both trying to care for this baby. And at least for, you know, for some people only the mom is feeding or like in our case, we were both trying to finagle feeding her at the same time. And um, it's just a lot. And then I just feel like you... It's sort of like the biggest challenge is just like, bloop, like plopped on your relationship as well. And I think that's not something that's talked about a ton, like in the preparation for baby. Right. No, I don't think so either. And I mean, that can mess with your emotions too. I'm just saying like, that's another level of like one of your most important relationships. You're adding another person to that and Mm -hmm. all that goes with it. I feel like all you prep for when you're pregnant is birth people forget so much Mm -hmm. to prep for the actual baby and then you make a good point of prepping for the change when it comes to your relationships and Mm -hmm. everything as well but yeah it's all just around and and on top of that like prepping dads too like yeah yeah they're not coming to your uh, dads are barely even prepped for the birth part like I had Shane come to a birthing class with me but other than that like (laughs) not really a lot for them either Ryan sat in the hallway until they were like, okay, you can come in now that she's attacked by them. I birth story, like ready to cut her open, sit down. So like <laughs> he, it was sort of, yeah, I don't know. But I think that goes back to like the idea of um, maternity and paternity leave. For sure. And I know you talked a little bit about this in your birth story episode, Mandy, but I definitely think my postpartum experience would have been much different if Shane was home for longer. Um, I honestly think I still feel a lot of like resentment. And this is a something I just learned in therapy that really helps me with the word resentment. Resentment isn't necessarily like a negative thing. It's, it really all comes down to like envy. So like, and that makes so much sense for me because like I could, be like I was resentful of Shane and I feel like that sounds so negative but I was like envious that he got to leave the house and go to work while I was stuck at home like drowning and um he technically had four weeks of paternity leave but I guess we thought it would be a good idea for him to only take two weeks and then save or maybe he even took I think he used sick time while I was in the hospital and then I think he took a week maybe at home. I can't remember if he, yeah, I think that was it. And then he went back to work. And then the way his work is, is you can save those other, however much, you can use all four weeks at once or you can use, you can like split them up. And so for some reason we decided to do that. And honestly, looking back, I think that was a really bad idea. I think if he had been home longer, (laughs) maybe things would have been different. Um, I definitely would have had, like, someone to, like, share all the hard stuff with. It's crazy to me that you're expecting two people to become parents, but you're only giving one person, what, two weeks to the the dad, two weeks to get to know their baby, to help the mom. 
for I don't know how I have a friend who their wife had a C-section and he took his two weeks at our school allowed from now you get eight weeks as a dad which is great and I think moving forward like it's a nice step in the right direction but it's still kind of shitty like for moms and dads but I don't understand having a C-section how your partner can go back to work after two weeks. I do not understand two weeks. And I, I do, I would like to do a C-section episode and we've had some people reach out about that um, as well, wanting to come on, but uh, two weeks postpartum, I still could not stand up by myself. And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just me um, or if that's, you know, it might just be because it was like my first C-section. And I didn't really know what was going on, whatever. Um, I do not understand how Ryan would have gone to work. I would not have been able to actually take care of Eliza if he wasn't home. Mm -hmm. So I just, my heart goes out to those people. And we had to like do a backdoor finagle for Ryan to get his leave. We had to basically use my C-section as a surgery, not paternity leave. Because that's Mm -hmm. like how shitty paternity Mm -hmm. leave is. And I just don't, I think that I didn't end up having postpartum depression. Because I think I definitely could have gone there. But I think it was having Ryan home. And mm-hmm. he was home, you know, all the time to to pick up on, like, mental health things for me as well. So, like, that was even helpful, mm-hmm. like, not just physically. And we were able to, like, have that time to just intimately focus on our little family. And that was so important. And I'll always be so thankful for those. I think he was home for like 10 weeks. So those 10 weeks were just, just this little bubble of just us. And all we had to care about was us. And I think that's so unfair that people don't get to have that. It's so unfair. That sounds so freaking nice. Like, it was. To just only have to, like, dedicate your time to – and I'm so grateful that I that I had maternity leave. Like, some people – I remember I went to, like, mm-hmm. this breastfeeding support group, and there was this one woman who – it sucks because she was good at breastfeeding and things were going well, but she was going back to work. I think the baby was, like, two weeks old. Like, it was – I was shocked that she was going back to work, but she they didn't have any other choice. Like, she had to go back to work in order to have an income. So, like, I'm grateful that I had that. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think, like, women are badass and they will – like, if Ryan had to go back to work, you would have done it. You would have – it would have been I would have figured out. But, some... like, like, we make it work with what we have, which is probably part of the problem because we're just, like – that's fine. I'll just take my two week maternity leave and go back to work. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think we're, it sucks. It's awful. It's not a good system, but women will take what's handed to them and figure it out and make it work and succeed at it. I feel like it just relates so much to like, I mean, I know this is all like what society has put into place and like, it's just expected that dads don't need the time because they're not the ones who birth and all right. they're the, the ones that are going to go to work and provide and whatever. But I feel like that just sets the whole dynamic up for the mom being like the sole 
person responsible mm-hmm. for the baby mm-hmm. and learning everything about the baby. And then it's now our responsibility to teach dad everything. The mental load. And yeah, it just adds to that mental mm-hmm. load. But I agree. I think my first maternity leave with Isla, Phil went, went to work after two weeks because his new that maternity leave he has now was not a thing then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember it being so hard and so overwhelming. And this time around, he gets... I, I say such a long time because it is for us right. <laughs> here in the U.S. Um, he gets so much time home with us. And, yeah, he's doing so much with the girls and me and whatever. But I think one of the biggest, like, things that helps us is that we are giving each other time for ourselves, mm. which I would have mm-hmm. never got. Like we, you mentioned earlier that it's so important to take care of yourself. And I would not be able to take care of myself if he right. was not home. I went and got my nails mm-hmm. done the other day because he let me. I say he let me, but you know what I mean? He yeah. was like, I'm going to I'm gonna stay home with the girls. You go do you something go. for yourself. Yeah. And then he has been going out and doing things and getting lunch with friends or like doing whatever he had, like his hobbies and stuff yeah. like that. And I stay home with the girls and we're just taking turns like – and we're not feeling guilty or like too burnt mm-hmm. out in that sense of like, we're just you're getting home. to do the partnership thing that mm-hmm. parenting right. is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. And he, I know it is different because we aren't breastfeeding, so he can feed mm-hmm. Ren as much as I do. But like, we are really splitting everything fifty fifty. Like, if one of us is inside feeding Ren, the other one's outside playing with Isla, mm-hmm. or maybe he'll take Isla to the park and I will go out to a breakfast date with a friend with Ren. Like, we're just dividing and conquering. And I, you know, I've mentioned that I've had some really hard days and I've had some overwhelming days where I cry a lot. Uh, it, it correlates to those are the days that I end up having to maybe be with the girls alone for a whole day, or maybe yeah. I was having a tantrum and Phil's not here to help me. Uh, and I'm not saying like, how dare he go out to lunch with his friends, but I'm just saying when I have those, da- like those days where I feel like everything is on me, those are the days that I'm crying. Those are the days that I'm feeling low, mm-hmm. like it correlates. And so I just feel like, can you imagine if we had appropriate maternity and paternity leave? Right. How I I guarantee you, you'd see like postpartum mood disorders just plummet. Right. Even, yeah. Not even just like like we're talking like oh gosh we're so lucky to have me have twelve weeks and him have eight or whatever. But can you imagine if it was like it was in other countries where like you actually get a legitimate like a amount of time to to bear a child? <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> it's just it's disgusting and whatever everybody everybody knows that but yeah I think we're all like all three of us are lucky in the sense that like we didn't have to stress I know Megan you had to like go through like jump through hoops for the financial piece but like but I had sick time that we could both use yeah and I feel like that's another missing piece for like maternity Mm -hmm. leave is the financial burden and having to like initially none of my maternity leave was going to be paid and then six weeks of it was unpaid um and I think I only had half pay for the first six weeks so like it wasn't you know I told myself I would much rather take all the time that I can um and not like I try not to like stress about money but like I budgeted hardcore for like months and months and months before which Megan, I know that's your norm. <laughs> Not by choice, but by necessity. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are just people out there who don't have even the capacity to, like, think about taking 
you know, whatever time it is. Um, like you're talking about people not even having enough either money or can't even think about taking time off because they don't even get paid for any of it. Um, I We have a friend who, um, you know, she's told me about her experience and she was like a manager where she worked and she still didn't have, but she was like essential to their happenings and they didn't even have the, you know, human decency to give her time off. And so she basically had to have zero dollars coming in and feel guilty for taking maternity leave. It's uh and then that just adds to that big pile of separate things that you're worrying about. Right. And now you have your financial piece to worry about. Yeah. And ima- like I can't even imagine like trying to work. You're up all night so you're not getting sleep. You're in a fucking diaper potentially depending on like when you go back yeah. to work. Like you just went through so much and then you're going to work. Like I – the anxiety and all the emotions that I felt – I just can't even imagine having to think about work at the same time. I don't think my brain could have handled it. And I think that just adds to, I think, honestly, if we gave appropriate maternal and paternal um, leave, mental health, like postpartum mental health disorders would probably like plummet. I think that is one of the biggest causes of like postpartum mental health issues. I mean, obviously – there's a chemical imbalance and hormones and all of that. But if people were given the support that they needed, we could prevent a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's just wild to me. I, I still have no idea how we are like the one developed, maybe two. I don't know. I think we're the only like developed country that doesn't have mandated maternity leave in any form. It's, I just don't even understand how we live in a country like that. <sighs> makes me angry. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as we mentioned before, we could probably talk about this topic forever. Um, so we do really want to do a part two um, in the near future. We'd love to hear your guys' input and like your experiences postpartum, if you could relay, if you couldn't, after you listen to us today. And um, hopefully we can reconvene and kind of bring your guys' input into our part two as well. Um, but for now, we're going to wrap it up. Um, just a quick friendly reminder that we are going to start doing our monthly birth stories soon. So if you haven't and you are interested, make sure that you reach out via either our Instagram, you can DM us or um, reach out on our email, which is momsafterbedtime at gmail.com. And we kinda, we're going to kind of have a list running. And if you have more than one kid, that's okay. If you... Um, want to focus on like a certain, you know, whatever we can work it through with you. Um, but please, I mean the list, I'm not quite sure like how long it's going to be, but you'll be on it and I will promise you guys will get a turn. So reach out. Um, and then besides that, make sure you like rate review, subscribe, follow comment, join in the conversation. I think I really want to hear kind of everybody's yeah, definitely. opinions and perspectives about this topic. Um, especially since I'm, living it in the moment. So it'd be nice to have someone to commiserate with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.